1: What is up, everybody? Welcome to the Guilty as Charged podcast. My name is Steven and I am your host. Coming to you live from a hotel in uh, Redondo Beach, California after attending the Chargers uh, victory over the Rams today, 31-10. So uh, apologies in advance if the connection falls out, but uh, you know we're going to do our best today. And uh, you know hopefully the connection holds through. So joining me are my guys, Tyler and Alex. Alex, we'll start with you, man. How are you doing tonight?
2: Uh, I will never thank the city of Pittsburgh for anything, but uh, the events that occurred have caused the Chargers to potentially maybe clinch the fifth seed next week if they can beat Mr. Unlimited and the Denver Broncos. So uh, I think that, <laughs> that is a good thing. Yeah, it is a good thing.
1: Unfortunately, my guy, uh, Tyler Huntley, throwing an interception at the end there, uh, you know, obviously rooting for uh, him to be successful individually, but was obviously hoping for the Ravens to uh, lose. So. Um, you know, we'll dive in a little bit to the uh, Chargers playoff uh, scenario. There's obviously the only one left uh, after the last few weeks. So uh, we'll dive into that here in a second. Um, Tyler, what's up, man? How are you doing today?
3: I'm doing great. I don't remember the last time we went to a game and the Chargers were already in the playoffs. And then throughout basically the entire game, the Chargers had that game wrapped up, got to sit their starters in the fourth quarter. And then, you know, the teams before them tonight the steelers they're all losing games i'm sorry the ravens tonight you know helping out the chargers i never just felt so fulfilled and happy and like <laughs> i don't think my heart rate went over 300 today so that was great yeah uh
1: it was a very low-key game it, it, you know it's nice for uh me and brooke obviously we're attending the, the rose bowl tomorrow so uh good to save all of our yelling for uh uh you know much more important game tomorrow so uh, there was that one sack that uh Jalen Ramsey had on Justin Herbert that maybe maybe rose the blood pressure a little bit there uh in the in the third quarter. But that was that was relatively it, you know. Uh, calm game, you know, good complete win for the Chargers. We'll dive into uh, all that here in a second. So um uh first and foremost, here I think you know we have to start with the way the offense played today, uh in general takeaways there. So Tyler I mean you kind of we're joking with Arjun a little bit, you know, throughout the game about, you know, the play action passing attack, about <laughs> the third quarter touchdown, which we finally got. Yes. We did it. We, we did our profit. We did uh, it. <laughs> the Chargers streak is officially over in terms of third third quarter touchdowns. So uh, you know, didn't get to see obviously the the whole four quarters of the game. The Rams were not able to uh keep it, you know, mm-hmm. close and competitive. But uh what was your kind of review of the way the offense played today?
3: I mean, where do I start? It just felt like, okay, big picture. What it really felt like to me is that the guys were used in ways that I think best seemed to suit them. Not that they didn't have to do some plays that, you know, like, yeah, sure, Mike Williams had to run around and catch a curl and zone or whatever. But it just felt like everyone was involved in some way that felt really like it fit their strong suits. Whether that's just targeting the tight ends, you know, in the red zone, like Donald Parham. Of course, he would score a touchdown there. That's perfect for him, a perfect spot for him. You don't have to target him frequently, but when you get to that area, do that. You know, the way Mike Williams is targeted down the sideline with outstanding catches today, that was fantastic. It really just felt like they were able to do what they wanted and they were doing it in ways that made sense. It wasn't just like, go run the routes and we'll see who's open. It really just felt like everyone got a piece of of showing off what they were able to do and what they're good at today. Um, And everyone really... Just, sure the coordinator sure the coach in coordinator just, but also just line your sure numbers thing they gave a far higher day which is way different than we did, of course um and then fantastic out the line of course was outstanding another huge run this time for a touchdown like everything basically worked outside of, of a couple of plays in one red zone sequence it was a mostly flawless game for the offense today. And that was really nice to see.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I, uh, you know, the, the offense easily their, their best performance of the week. I, you know, I shared the the tweet on uh, from Ben Baldwin earlier this afternoon in terms of EPA, in terms of efficiency, this was by far their best offensive output of the season. So really nice to see, obviously we're, I'm not going to make any sweeping declarations of the offense is back or anything by any means, but, Uh, It was great to see uh, a day of this magnitude from this offense. So, Alex, what was uh, your takeaway from the offense in terms of, you know, watching the broadcast and maybe picking up on some things that, you know, the two of us who were at the game maybe couldn't have or, or how they performed?
2: yeah I mean, I think everything just ran pretty efficiently as a whole, and like Tyler said, just kind of using the guys that we know can be really good in this offense in ways that work for them in in the roles that they should be, um like Mike Williams, like Austin Eckler, using Gerald Everett and Donald Parham in the Red Zone, which <laughs> certain people have been calling for uh, but yeah, I, I think just really just fitting it into the player skill sets kind of like Tyler said, and even on plays where it didn't work, um, you know, the Herbert Josh Palmer, where they were a little bit disconnected on that play. There was still like a strict intent. Okay. Herbert knew he was going to throw to Josh Palmer there, or at least try if he was kind of uh, open and, you know, the play just didn't work out, but there was a, you know, an intent and a design there that um, I think maybe, you know, when things had been cramped up in the red zone in previous weeks that we just didn't really see before, um, so yeah, I, I, thought everything, you know, worked out, you know, by all the metrics and EPA per play, uh, both offensive and defensive. This was probably by far the Chargers most efficient game of the season, um, in, you know, graphs that were, you know, shared all, all over Twitter today, but, um, yeah, it felt like that watching it, this was a complete performance from beginning to, well, Beginning until when they put Chase Daniel and Larry Roundtree <laughs> in the game, <laughs> um, you know, in terms of evaluating this current offense with Justin Herbert. So, um, in that respect, this is exactly just what you want to see from the offense heading into uh, the playoffs. Obviously, you know, the last two weeks, you know, particularly against the Colts defense and the Rams defense and, you know, those teams in the states they're in, you know, you're not going to like be like, okay, this is completely replicable uh in the playoffs versus kansas city or versus buffalo but um the difference in my response or i think a lot of chargers fans response to the offense this week versus last week uh is just kind of night and day in terms of how they ran everything and how they took advantage of those opportunities in the red zone Um, so for me this is exactly the kind of game you want to see going forward
1: Yeah, you know, we obviously got the question yesterday about like what we wanted to see from the offense. And, uh, you know, we kind of joked about, or I kind of joked about ESPN's prediction for the Chargers scoring 44 points. Maybe they (laughs) they would have if the Rams been able to score, you know, another touchdown or two. But, um, you know, I I thought the offense played really, really well today. We didn't necessarily get any of the, you know, big passing plays that we're necessarily used to. Um, Obviously had the big Austin Eckler touchdown run. Uh, a couple mm-hmm. intermediate to kind of the lower deep parts in, of the field in terms of the of the passing game. The Mike Williams and Keenan Allen had a couple of big plays, but um, just a really efficient day on offense overall. So, um, you know, the Chargers have to continue to do this. And I thought they they it wasn't necessarily like a, a super clean game in terms of the play calling in terms of the game plan. Um, but obviously, the Chargers were able to take care of business move the ball and i think for me the biggest thing from the offense uh is the way that they activated the run game you know they've been blocking better and better each of the last few weeks <laughs> somebody put that up there um yeah so they've been blocking better over the last few weeks up front obviously having Trey Pipkins back in the fold has really paid dividends for them um and so today they were really able to to you know get after the rams in the, in the run game so um, they've started to figure out some things that work. you know they're really you know, using the shotgun run game effectively that popped up a little bit today. So um, you know they're they're finding some of their stride at the very right time, and obviously, they just have to uh, continue to do that over the next couple of weeks.
3: Yeah, I'm curious what they do. Well, I don't know where Xander Horvath is going to be moving forward, whether he's healthy or whether he comes back next week or whatever, but they definitely tried to do. Not exactly what the Seahawks did against the Chargers, but it felt like rather than just have McKitty block on the edge or have someone block on the edge, they really got guys involved in the backfield and moving or on the run, moving to block rather than just being kind of a stagnant, you know, one versus one versus the edge kind of guy. They did it with Gerald Everett, did it with McKitty, did it with Stone Smart. It really felt like they tried to do some different things there, and I think that really did pay off. Now, is this Rams defensive line healthy? Was Aaron Donald out there? No you know, is Ashawn Robinson out there? No. But, you know, I, I like what the Chargers were able to do today. And it really just felt like, like, this is a really good sign. Not that it was, it was, you know, I'm not ready to buy into this offense, just like I wasn't ready to buy into this defense either. But seeing this and what they were able to do, the way they were able to do it, and how they were blocking, it's really nice to see heading into the postseason.
2: Yeah, uh, definitely. The blocking is huge for me. I mean, on that big uh, touchdown that Eckler scored where Matt Filer blocks Bobby Wagner. And then you just have all the receivers and everyone, Keenan Allen came up with a clutch block on that play too. Um, it just felt like, especially when runs or plays got to the second or third levels in general, the blocking was just always there. Um, that was something that hadn't, I think been super consistent in the last couple weeks. So to see that, you know, in terms of something that from an effort standpoint is, you know, uh, can translate into a playoff performance. I think that's something that is uh, important. But yeah, uh, you know, not ready to completely buy into this offense, uh, you know, after Joe Lombardi scores 30 points one time. But in terms of what the Chargers, you know, can do in terms of momentum going forward, um, I think that this performance provides, you know, sort of a blueprint uh, for how they can handle things. And even in a scheme that maybe we all agree is a little bit limited they still can get 30 points and take advantage of the players that they have on the field.
1: Yeah. And something that you pointed out and that, you know, Tyler Arjun and I were talking about just in, in general, in the offensive approach, it's like things just feel easier when Mike Williams gets involved early and often. And we saw that right away. Obviously they go three and out in their first possession, but second possession where they scored the touchdown, uh, first play of that drive was a, a deep pass to Mike Williams for 26 yards. And then um, a few plays later, they hit uh, ju- they hit Mike Williams again on, on a shorter pass. That he kind of took after the catch for 19 yards. And then Austin Eckler scored on the next play. So it felt like there was a more concerted effort to get Mike Williams going earlier in this mm-hmm. game. Obviously, he had a huge catch, <laughs> one of the craziest catches I've ever seen in my life. Uh, down the sideline, but mm-hmm. I like the way that they were getting Mike Williams involved early and often. I think that really allows the offense to kind of get into a rhythm at a higher level than we've seen in in just kind of throwing short passes to Keenan or to Eckler or things like that.
2: Yeah, I mean, we got asked on Saturday, you know, who is kind of the number one you know player aside from Herbert on the offense that can potentially be the difference in this team getting to Super Bowl or making a really big playoff push. Um, And for me, I sort of answered Mike Williams at the time, not knowing he was going to have this kind of a game. (laughs) But, uh, you know, I think this is another reason why, you know, you could sort of see Mike Williams having a a postseason, you know, on the high variance of outcomes that like Jamar Chase or like some of these other players, you know, have had in previous seasons. Uh, So that's, I think, the reason that you really wanted to kind of see this game from Mike Williams. Uh, Obviously, you know, Mike Williams kind of, comes and goes it's sort of why he's not like a top 10 receiver in the league per se uh you know we've seen him have really big weeks some weeks and then other other weeks kind of disappear uh you know say like the titans game so you know you you would like to see this on a more consistent basis but in a three game stretch where you know you just kind of have a couple games to win the afc Um, Mike Williams is definitely one of those matchup nightmares that I think teams are going to have to think about a lot in the playoffs, especially if the chargers continue what they did today and get him more involved. Yeah. You know, just uh, again,
1: love the way that he was used today. Seven catches, 94 yards. If, if this game were more competitive, you're easily talking about, you know, 130, 140 yard game for Mike Mm. Williams, in my opinion, just the way that it was going. Um, and, And it felt like, it, it's felt like all season long that Joe Lombardi will find things that works in one game and then kind of like, will go away from it. But it, it didn't feel that way with Mike Williams. I mean, he was matched up with Troy Hill on a, on a good, a good amount of plays today. And uh, it felt like every time that was happening, they were going after it. And I think that is obviously a key for success because there's really not a lot of corners out there that can match up with Mike Williams one-on-one on a consistent basis like that. So um, again, Game plan was not perfect. I did really enjoy the way that they kind of managed Mike Williams, you know, workload today and just kind of continue to feed him the ball all throughout the
3: game. Yeah, he was awesome. Even on that first drive, there should have been illegal contact call because he almost got a huge bomb on third and 10 or 11, whatever it was. Um, Yeah, like you said, should have been over 100 yards if he played the whole game. If you don't have to, that's fine. The Chargers really just, you can just tell like, why don't they score in the third quarter? But why do they score in the fourth quarter? You know, you see against the Titans, not that they scored a touchdown, but that final drive, you needed that Mike Williams catch. Against the Colts, you know, not really doing a whole lot with Mike Williams that game in the fourth quarter. Not that they were in danger of losing, but on that final touchdown drive, he had 42 yards. You know, today on several key moments, several key drives, I mean, not that they, again, they didn't need every single one of them, but they got 31 points because of it. Like the offense just scores and scores so much faster, so much better. When they get Mike Williams involved, is it always easy to? Not necessarily. You know, you don't want to rely on these, you know, high variance, you know, low probability kind of throws and catches. But if you're going to do it with anyone, it is Mike Williams. Who? It, it's weird that today of all days, I feel like this, but it's been so tough. Like last year, you know, like ah, hit or miss. Like Mike Williams starts so hot, he gets hurt, he disappears, he goes away, he comes back, not so great. But then against the Raiders, like oh my gosh, they don't win that game without him. And then he gets paid. And you know, there's a point where it's like, I get why they would pay him, I get why they wouldn't pay him. They did end up paying him. So now what are you gonna give us after you got your big contract? And there were moments throughout the year I feel like I've been very close to this, but he then he got hurt, or he you know, have you know the the 10 or whatever yard game it was against the the Viking or not the Vikings, the Raiders. It just feels like after this game, and I don't know why, maybe it's because I was watching it live, and of course the plays he made he's just he's just a dude that i trust now like I, I really feel like today for some reason is the day i thought yeah mike williams is that guy and you know maybe if i watch the film i'll still think that keenan had a better day or something on film i don't know but today just like you can tell that this is a guy who is going to catapult you far into the postseason if you give him a chance and really kind of like alex was saying it's the guy that you lean on Keenan Keenan could probably have 10 catches for a hundred yards in the postseason. i um, in a particular game, but you need Mike Williams to win in the postseason. You need him for Herbert. And I really appreciate watching him. And I think this is the first time where there's no more qualifiers for me with Mike Williams. Just like, mm-hmm. yeah, he's a guy.
2: Yeah. And you know, unlike the 2013 trip to the playoffs or the 2018 trip to the playoffs, like I think you can, Keenan Allen, you could argue who's the number one receiver on this team still. Um, But, you know, in terms of someone who's going to be a matchup nightmare and make those kinds of catches uh, and make those kind of big plays that the Chargers are looking for, clearly, you know, the explosive play machine is Mike Williams and that's who the offense goes through. So I think that, you know, in particular with Keenan being a little bit older, obviously, than he was in terms of the last playoff run, um, that's something that you're kind of looking at as well.
1: Yeah, that's a great point, Alex, you know, being able to highlight just the way that his role helps the offense at a higher level, I think is is super crucial because obviously the the Chargers don't have that deep thread, that traditional speed deep thread, obviously without Jalen Guyton. So, you know, Mike Williams role and his targets are just that much more valuable because they're the only traditionally the only ways for them to access the deep parts of the field to have these explosive passes. And uh, you know, just give the Chargers easier opportunities to score and faster opportunities to score. I mean, they had they had two touchdown drives that were under two minutes in time off of the clock because of Big Mike Williams passes today. So um, just a just a great game, and I think again highlighting where this offense has to go heading forward, especially if they're going to go win a playoff game on the road, it's going to have to be you know Mike Williams going to have to have his his fingerprints all over that game in the future. So I think this is. Hopefully something that the Chargers can uh, build off of next week and then obviously in in the first week of the playoffs. Yes. Hmm. (laughs) All right. Uh, One of the other things in terms of the offense that I think we absolutely have to talk about. We talked briefly about the the run game there for a second, but Mm -hmm. um, we didn't really talk much about any positives on offense against the Colts. It wasn't frankly a a, a very positive (laughs) offensive performance. Yeah. Um, and you know, lost in that performance, obviously, is the two touchdowns from Austin Eckler. Mm-hmm. Two more touchdowns today from Austin Eckler, totaling ten carries, one hundred twenty-two yards on the day. Obviously, had the big seventy-two-yard run to really kind of open this game. Open, hello, uh, mm-hmm. open this game. Open, that was terrible. Um, anyways, <laughs> um, so Austin Eckler, man, he had he's two touchdowns away from having back-to-back seasons of twenty touchdowns. Um, he matched. Uh, Ladanian Tomlinson's franchise record for receptions by a running back in a season today obviously has another game to, to break that record. So, um, you know, we didn't do a good enough job, in my opinion, of, of highlighting Austin Eckler last week. And I mm-hmm. wanted to be able to, to take a moment today to do that because he's just having a truly special season. And I, 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 do, I don't think the Chargers are in this position right now without Austin Eckler being just that stabilizing presence as a pass catcher without Keenan Allen and Mike Williams in that stretch. So um, what Austin Eckler has done this year, you know, it's not going to like break any yardage records. Um, I I can understand why he's not a Pro Bowl running back, but he's just so tremendously valuable to this team. And, you know, him having a huge day today, I think is, it was very well deserving and kind of a, a long time coming for him.
2: Wait, are you saying that he didn't break the LT record or he tied it today? I thought that he tied it today.
3: He broke it. Broke it. I think he passed it by at least one or three. Yeah. Because I did. I thought he tied it today. I saw
2: the graphic
1: that
2: he tied tied it. Oh, yeah. Because later in the game, I think they put the uh, graphic up on the broadcast that he had 101 receptions to LT's uh, 100 as the single season record. Um, But, yeah, no. I, I mean, Austin Eckler had an awesome game. And it helps, you know, like we were saying that the blocking just was kind of all in sync on the offense today, Um, especially, you know, with Keenan and Donald Parham on that, you know, uh, big run that he springs for 72 yards. So, you know, just as a whole, just felt like the blocking scheme, the offensive line played more in sync. uh, And that's going to give more rushing opportunities for somebody like Austin Eckler, who doesn't have to do his, you know, damage just like, getting these two, three yard chunk runs and then like, okay, I'm going to catch a screen and then I have yeah. to do my best to, you know, take this to the house. Right. So mm-hmm. definitely, um, an easier offense, uh, offensive game for Austin Eckler, which is just what you want to see in terms of opening him up, uh, you know, potentially for the playoff stretch, uh, and, and making him a potential problem in the playoffs. So, um, you know, it is funny just to look at the numbers and you see that he has 101 receptions, And then, you know, the yardage is not, you know, probably where uh, yeah. LT's yardage was because of, you know, how he's being used, but just as a whole, it felt like everything came easier today for Austin Eckler, both in terms of the way he was being used and contrasting that with what he was being used previously. And then of course the blocking, uh, coming to play today was
3: uh, huge for him. It really felt like a vintage Austin Eckler performance. Like why we really fell in love with him in the first place. Not that he hasn't had good weeks, but like Alex said, it felt like, you know, two yard run, three yard run, pray on a screen. And then he gets like the red zone. He looks really good, but it's not really like, it's not like that kind of game today. It was, you know, I'm going to catch a pass, make that guy miss. Um, I think he left. Like, was it him that left Bobby Wagner just completely yeah, in the was, dirt yep. on one play? Yep. I mean, that was fantastic. I'm um, running hard, running fast, uh, I'll be honest, because he was coming towards us, running towards the end zone. (laughs) I thought he was going to get caught like he was against the Browns. Um, I don't know if he just went full fantasy god championship mode, Um, but he pulled it off. I didn't know. I didn't realize that he kind of still had that gear because I always feel like he gets caught. Um, But no, that time he scored was fantastic a really great performance and just the offense in general whether it was mike williams you know catching passes whether it was austin eckler running like everything just seemed to kind of balance really well and help itself out like the run game worked really well so i feel like they're able to throw a bit more but they also threw really well and that helped up the run game and both of those things really helped out the screen game where they're working to the flats like everything was so nice today but yes it really did start with the ground game Except for Larry Roundtree, who had ten carries for fifteen yards, but you know that's garbage time with Chase Daniel on the field, so we won't talk about that. Uh, I, I I gotta mention
2: the Larry Roundtree thing real quick. I don't I don't know if you guys caught this in the stadium, but he got like a he got yeah he got a first down run. Uh, I yeah, believe. Yeah, he, he pointed he, to the watch.
1: <laughs>
4: like,
2: yeah, <laughs> pointed point to the watch. Like, <laughs> I don't know. Like it was just such a funny moment um, because, like, no, I feel like no one who was in the game like really cared except him. <laughs> but uh, good moment for Larry Roundtree, uh, you know, on that play.
1: Yeah, that was uh, that was on his uh, one reception, the, the screen reception that he took for 13 yards, and and then he did That's like right. the fake first down, and then actually went for it too. So, <laughs> hey, you know, his celebration
3: game is on point. I have to give him that. It is. It is. And he, he's honestly a great teammate, it seems like. He's always hyping up his dudes. Um, I think Austin Eckler got the ball today, and he was just like, hyping him up. So you know what? Yeah. Cool. With that said, maybe a topic for a different time. I would like to see Isaiah Spiller get 10 touches in a game um, in moments like this, but I guess he can't play special teams.
1: Uh, it would be 11
3: touches, technically speaking. I would love
1: 11 touches. <laughs> for I would love one. Yeah. Hey, I mean, uh, yeah, I was going to say that too. So, uh, definitely <laughs> a different topic, but, um, all right guys, any other thoughts here about the offensive performance today? Um,
3: I hope it continues.
1: Yeah. I, uh, I'm actually excited to see what they did schematically when I watch film. So you know, <laughs> it's the first time in, in quite a while that yeah. I feel, you know, that way about this uh, offensive performance. So,
4: mm-hmm.
1: um, Again, not a super explosive day from Justin Herbert, you know, 21 of 28, 212 yards, two touchdowns, um, very clean performance from him. couple really explosive uh, throw uh, throws in terms of uh, the intermediate range. I will say that throw to Mike Williams when Mike Williams had the one-handed catch, that was just an insane hole shot as well. It's not going to be, you know, one of his uh, social media throws by yeah. any means. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I thought he had a great day. And then the, the touchdown right. to Jared Everett too was just a, a, a missile that he just uncorked there. So um, again, not a yeah. super flashy he, day, he... but a really solid clean game from him today.
2: Yeah. Even, even the touchdown to Joel never was an absolute whole shot. Uh, He's a dude, the way that it just came off his hands. Um, and, you know, it, in maybe not an explosive day for Justin Herbert, but two touchdowns is a whole lot more than we've been getting in <laughs> more than zero recently, yeah. So, more than zero. So, um, I'll take it from that standpoint. And it just felt like everything you know, we, we talked about everything in the offense in terms of the rushing game and feeding Mike Williams kind of like being easier throughout the whole game. Um, but yeah, it just felt like Herbert, you know, had a good. We talked about, you know, having those like safety valves and things being easier for Herbert on the field rather than just like Mm -hmm. having to grind out four or five yards at a time. And this is a game where you just felt like everything was easier and his numbers might even look better if, you know, obviously some of the plays, you know, like the Mike Williams, you know, legal contact thing. Um, there are a couple other, Mm -hmm. you know, hit or miss plays in terms of shots. Um, but yeah, overall, I think really good hurt game. Uh, and just happy that he kind of got the passing touchdown monkey off his back uh, a yeah. little bit in terms of this game. Uh, and, you know, happy that, you know, Gerald Everett and Donald Parham, in terms of the offense, got involved in the red zone.
1: Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, really quickly, I-, I see a bunch of the super chats. We'll get to the super chats here in a second. Uh, we can- we kind of want to get through the structure of our show first. So, Um, Appreciate them. I'll I'll say that right now. We'll we'll answer some of these questions here uh, once we kind of get through our show. But I did did want to acknowledge uh, some of the guys who are are, are sending those through. So we'll we'll get to your questions here in a second. Um, In terms of the defensive performance, obviously the Chargers uh, only allowing the 10 points uh, second consecutive week where they get a uh, shutout on defense in the second half. So the defense really kind of cranked things up a little bit. Um, I did want to start here with what Tyler just kind of mentioned here about Joey Bosa, um, obviously the the biggest storyline of the day for the Chargers defense. Um, 24 total snaps for Joey. He had three pressures, which, again, is unofficial, like Tyler highlighted, Uh, two solo tackles. Um, So, Alex, what would you kind of make of the way that they used Joey today? What do you think of his performance? Um, And how encouraged do you think uh, we should be about the way that he played today?
2: I'm um, very encouraged because what he, what he had 24 snaps and he, uh, based on Arjun's numbers, led the team in in pressures uh, oh, no. coming back along with Morgan Fox. So, I mean, he's, he's still Joey Bosa is what we learned today. Mm-hmm. Uh, and just to see him back in that state playing really well. Um, I was honestly, you know, it, it made sense, I guess, as the game went on, that they wanted to get him back into game shape. So I, I was a little bit surprised that he was still in the fourth quarter, um, when they had him thirty-one ten, you know, I thought they would be a little bit more cautious with it, but it seemed like there was a real effort from, from Joey, from the coaching staff to be like, you know, Hey, you know, you need to get game reps. I need to get game reps just from both of their standpoints. So, um, I think that that was really nice to see and also happy that it went positively because, you know, in an alternate world where something happens to Joey Bozo and they were up to totally. one, you know, maybe we're having a different discussion um but overall yeah really good game from bosa i mean the defensive line as a whole from a pass rushing standpoint did really good today (laughs) um uh so uh, yeah there's nothing negative i can say from that standpoint just happy that joey bosa is back his offensive line is much better with him and in addition to you know freeing up khalil Mack and morgan fox and all those guys to do their thing you know now you have a legit uh Kind of rotation right you know mm-hmm. in terms of having Joey Bosa who's kind of rotated with Kyle Van Noy during the game and Kyle Van Noy had a really awesome game today as well from a pass rushing standpoint again his fourth consecutive game with a sack, which is not something I thought I would be saying a month ago. <laughs> no, um, I don't know. but here we are uh, Kyle Van Noy's been playing really well too so it just feels like again from a pass rushing perspective, defensive line coming together at the right time.
3: Yeah, it wasn't, so it's 22, so 23 dropbacks for Baker Mayfield, 19 attempts, three sacks, so that's three other dropbacks, and then I believe the intentional grounding doesn't count as an attempt, so that's one more, which was, I don't know why it took 45 years for them to talk about that intentional grounding, but whatever, intentional grounding, regardless, I forget who brought the pressure on that one, but it was fantastic. Um, Yeah, for Joey Buzzer to come back and have three pressures, again, unofficially, but it felt like at least two or three that I saw. So that wouldn't make sense. Mm. At least one run stop in the fourth quarter late there when he was playing with the entire JV team for some reason. I don't know why, but if he wanted to get more snaps in and he felt good, hey, that's great. That's a good sign. You know, it wasn't like Keenan where they shut him down for a half all of a sudden. They were like, yeah, you know, if you want to get more snaps in, go for yeah. it. And he felt like it seemed like, you know, that he was good to go. So cool with me. Uh, really, really good there from the pass rush overall. I think that's really what's going to, you know, kind of save their season even if they're not great on first down against the run which you know i, I think is really what it's going to be overall in the postseason and moving forward because just is what we expect at this point against the run they might have some good moments they might have some good plays um you know depending on who's in they might be better on some instances but you know it's not a great run defense but if you can at least win on third down you know third and long third and short whatever with coverage with the pass rush like alex was talking about you know solid day.
1: Yeah, you know, in, in terms of Joey, I thought that there were a, a couple really good moments where you saw his explosiveness. You know, there was one, uh, the play that Baker ended up scrambling and obviously getting past uh, Kenneth Murray. Um, you know, you saw that speed to power rush from Joey Bosa, and I'm really excited to go back and, and watch how he, he played on tape. So uh, I would expect those three pressures to hold up. I feel like, you know, there yeah. potentially be even more there. So um, I thought he had a really good day. I was, you know, we were <coughs> – excuse me we were expecting, you know, like 10 to 15 snaps. So, you know, him playing 24, I think is, is the best sign possible here. Um, mm-hmm. Him feeling good enough to continue to play throughout the fourth quarter. Um, You know, uh, just very, very encouraged by the way that he played and and as Alex highlighted uh, the pass rush in general. So um that's been the key for the chargers defensively over the last few weeks, in my opinion, is just being able to get in those situations where they're able to activate that pass rush when they're uh, able to stay ahead of the sticks. So, um, the Rams today were four of 11 on third down so that's really been a trend that has continued over the last five weeks that really you know has been uh, playing a crucial role in this defensive resurgence so um you know they whenever they were able to stay ahead of the sticks they were able to force you know quick punts and things like that um obviously there were some <laughs> leaks in the run defense which uh, are definitely a bit of a concern today really the only concern today but um, from a pass rush standpoint from a pass rush, past coverage standpoint excuse me flag like was a really solid day from the defense in that regard
3: someone was talking about uh joe divert's quote not bad uh yeah the run defense it will be nice to see joey back in there full time or as much as he can um the, the, someone said on twitter that uh chris Rumph is the new almost guy of this team whereas like <laughs> melvin ingram was the almost sack guy chris rum seems to be the almost get you in the backfield guy which I guess is a positive. You know, that means that you are getting there f- and for some reason, right? There's a reason you're back there because you're great off the line or something. But yeah, he's got to continue to build and get better at that because that's that's going to kill the run defense if you can't, you know, get those things handled. Because I think he's at a 56 or 57% missed tackle rate at this point, uh, which is unheard of. I didn't realize you can get to that number.
1: Yeah. Screw uh, it. So. For really quickly for the Gerald Everett quote for those uh, who are listening and didn't see it, um, Daniel Popper was writing a, a story about the, how the offense was trying to get into a, a better rhythm, uh, and the quote he used from Gerald Everett said that the difference offensively was quote really believing in our new identity as dominators instead of being a team that may or may not make the playoffs. We're starting to establish ourselves as contenders, Super Bowl contenders. He said. End quote.
3: Yeah. I like that. And again, Herbert in the postseason, they can just do that. Honestly, one game. Someone's saying Chris Rumpf hyper extended his knee, but I don't know. Uh,
1: There was one of the special teams plays I saw as everybody was kind of going downfield. He was, he was a little bit slow to get off the field. Um, Mm -hmm. I felt like that was earlier in the first half though. Hmm. I'm not mistaken. Anyways. Um, yeah, in terms of the run defense, I am curious to really go back and watch what they were doing because there was a time where they had David Moa, Chris Hinton, Chris Rumpf, was just going to say mm-hmm. out there. Uh, I think that was the play that Cam Akers, you know, broke off for like the sixty-five yard runner or whatever it was. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it kind of felt like they were managing a little bit, you know, Khalil Max workload, Sebastian Joseph Day's workload, maybe trying to see if they had anything in David Moa. I feel like he was out there a lot. Um, and I didn't feel miss. like Braden Fajoka was out there a ton like he normally is either. So no. I feel like they were just trying to maybe experiment with some things, keep some guys healthy. So I, I don't, I'm not gonna be too worried about the the run defense until I really go in and uh, watch that film. But um, Cam Akers is going off for you know 120 yards is is definitely not ideal. You know that was really their only source of offense consistently today, but. Uh, like I said, try not to to be a little bit try not to be too negative there because of the way that they were kind mm-hmm. of rotating in that uh, the backups, the JV squad, as Tyler said.
3: Right. Yeah, the, uh, you personal, stole my the,
2: Yeah, <laughs> definitely across the defensive line. Um, you know, they had sort of the backups in there, you know, so oh so, uh, from that standpoint,' uh game gonna see this falling. That being said, I just felt like watching it, you had um, Kenneth Murray, uh, you know, just not really in the right spots at the right time when it came to the run defense. And when runs kind of leak into the second level, um, I I did think the linebacker play was a little bit lacking uh, as a whole. Not Drew Tranquil's like greatest game, uh, in my opinion, as a charger. Uh, So I thought that that could have been a little bit better. But, you know, as a whole, it's kind of nitpicky. Granted, you know, based on what the defense did today, they only gave up 10 points. But it just feels like the run defense, based on the teams they've played, has been a little bit better. But you still yeah. have, what, 5.4 yards per carry given up to the Um Today, obviously, their yards per carry would be pretty high as well. It's something that playing Denver next week, you would like to see go down uh, in terms of being able to stop Denver's run do, uh, rushing offense. If we can't stop Denver's rushing offense, we might have a, a little bit of a problem. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, so it's nothing that makes you too worried about the playoffs, but it, we've never really seen this team give like a dominant run defense performance. And you do have teams in the playoffs, obviously that can run the ball, like the Bengals with Joe Mixon and uh, the chiefs with, you know, McKinnon and Pacheco. Uh, do plenty of stuff in the run game that could, you know, give the Chargers Mm -hmm. problems. So uh, just as a whole, something that I would like to see, uh, you know, going better going forward. Yeah. You know, just really quickly before Tyler jumps in here, that
1: the linebackers and the safeties definitely were having a tough time with just the the smoke and mirrors that Sean McVay brings to the table every single week. I mean, that's happened all throughout his, you know, career as an offensive uh, play caller, but you know, to see that issue pop up again we haven't we hadn't really seen it you know be a relevant thing for quite some time and kenneth murray had been playing pretty well same with drew shrank well, uh not a not a banner day from from that duo not a banner day from alohi gilman or Nasir Adley either uh i feel like mm-hmm. the missed tackles there are going to be you know pretty significant on film and, and obviously in the statistics as well so again you know from a defensive front standpoint I'm trying not to be, you know, too harsh, but definitely not an ideal performance from the back seven of the Chargers defense today.
3: In yeah, defi- defi- yeah, definitely not. And, and you stole the exact thing I was gonna say, which I'm glad you pointed out, which is it didn't Sorry. seem like they were no, no, it's totally fine. I'm glad you brought it up. because um, that means I'm not crazy, I guess. And it's they were playing more guys than I'm used to. It didn't I didn't expect Moa to be out there for it felt like 20 snaps. Part of that was because they pulled some guys, but you know, Fohoku yeah. wasn't really out there all that much. They were trying different things, um, trying out maybe even different players. And I understand that, like, they obviously had a plan where if they got enough points, like, going up 21 isn't a huge lead. It was insurmountable for the Rams, but they were like, yeah, 21 points. Okay, we'll pull our guys. Like, there was no point in just, you know, oh, let's get one more touchdown and grab to be sure. Like, no, they pulled their guys. So, right. you know, it seemed like they were, it was a game where they were really trying out different things. So, not too worried, but of course, in the postseason, you want to see that shape up.
2: Right.
1: Yeah, especially if you're going into a matchup with uh, Doug Peterson and Travis Etienne who are really kind of clicking on the ground right now. So uh, if you're struggling against smoke and mirrors against the Rams, that is going to be something that Doug Peterson is also going to highlight. So it felt like in the first half that Sean McVay really figured out, like, Mm -hmm. hey, these are the the places where I'm going to go attack and these are the areas of the field that I need to consistently hit with Baker Mayfield. And like Tyler said, it wasn't until the Chargers kind of you know really uh stuck that lead up as high as it went to that the Rams were like mm-hmm. okay we can't we this isn't really plausible for us but when the Rams were in rhythm it did feel like they were pretty clearly targeting the linebackers and safeties and really trying to get after them and you know for most of the game or at least for the first half it worked pretty pretty good for them
3: yeah for what it's worth like the the Broncos had a hard time stopping the Rams last week the Broncos are hurt too um and they're not exactly playing for much last week. This week, for some reason, they're taking to the Chiefs. Um, but the Rams, you know, Cam Akers yeah. had 5.1 yards last week as well. So, you know, it's not like a, an unusual thing. This wasn't like a Rex Burkhead, oh, hello, out of nowhere performance. Cam makers yeah, been playing true. really, really well. And it seemed like the, the Rams did a very good job moving the offense. Like what they were doing in the first quarter actually got me a bit worried because it really seemed like they were forcing the Chargers to, you know, address their weaknesses you know, make guys tackle in space that wasn't working, stop the run. Um, so I think moving forward, that's something to keep an eye on, but overall, like I'm not, not really too concerned.
2: No, not too concerned. Um, you know, they are the fifth seed now. So like Steven said, they, they could play, uh, the Jags obviously. So that's sort of a problem with Travis CTN. I know everyone in the chat is saying, Hey, I hope they play the Titans. hope they play the Titans. um, yeah i mean the titans probably are the weakest i hope they play the titans come on we can (laughs) say i I know people like want the weakest matchup but also like if this run defense is not yeah yeah it keeps playing like it's been playing do you do you want to test going against derrick henry twice one season i don't know right so there's small things just like that uh in terms of seeing what the run defense has been but again that you know uh Considering the amount of personnel that was changed in and out and Joey Bosa still getting back up to speed and all these things, um, not a, a long-term concern. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I
1: mean, I certainly hope the Titans make the playoffs, right? I would much rather play the Titans as yeah. um, Joshua Dobbs at quarterback instead of Trevor Lawrence and Doug Peterson. But uh, mm-hmm. it's just it's just not happening, man. I mean, the Titans have pretty clearly nailed their season in. So uh, it, it's going to be the Jaguars if the Chargers are able to uh, get to that. This seed so um Mm -hmm. all right guys any other fun any other thoughts about the defense before we jump into some super chats and then wrap it up with uh studs
3: and duds Uh, i think the studs and duds will cover my final thoughts
0: we're driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all don't search match with indeed indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to indeed data
1: All right, so uh run through some of these super chats. Joe Alexander uh also mentioning the game in Duval. Uh, he says bolts are the best of the rest. Excited for a possible game in Duval. The stadium was leaking today, but our defense <laughs> parenthes except Rundy, wasn't bolt up. Is that about the is that about the rain? It was a little rainy today. Dude, it
3: got cold. There was a moment <laughs> in that game where I looked at Steven and Arjun and it was also just the clouds roll in and it's yeah. raining and it's windy. I'm like it's chilly. Never mind. I want to go play in Jacksonville. Forget it. I don't want to play the Bengals anymore. And it's like 60 degrees. And I'm freezing. Yeah,
1: there was actually a point in the game where they, they had to turn all the lights on. And, uh, you know, me and Brooke had been talking all week about like all being kind of bummed that we didn't get to see SoFi at night, you know, primetime game. But uh, when they had the lights on there for a little bit, did kind of <laughs> feel like a little bit of a primetime game. So uh, it's a really weird feeling like you know, we were obviously kind of like right at the back of the entrance and so far is open on each of the ends. Right. So mm-hmm. you'd, you'd feel like a little bit of the, the moisture coming in and it was pretty windy and the dark clouds over the, the stadium. So it was a, it was a weird weather situation. Cause then it only lasted like 15 minutes and then it warmed back up. So uh it was a little funny today.
3: We just needed it for the third quarter. That was like good juju. It
1: worked. <laughs> there we go. So we're, you know, we're going to be a cold-weather team because that's yeah, the, yeah, we need yeah, that yeah. cold weather <laughs> to get those Bring third-quarter touchdowns. Flow. Yeah. yeah,
4: yeah,
3: yeah,
2: yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I don't know if uh, anyone's brought this up, but uh, the Jaguars-Titans game, in terms of the Chargers' uh, potential playoff opponent as the fourth seed, that is the Saturday 8 p.m. game now. Uh, so oh. it will not be Sunday night football. Mm-hmm.
1: That's good. Good for them. Good for the Jaguars to be able to... To host a game in that spot all right next up here uh roberto castilian uh appreciate the super sticker there looks like he's a member as well so appreciate that um richard up next he says correct me if i'm wrong but the chargers have now gone 13 straight quarters without giving up a passing touchdown last time was davis slipping versus hill uh i believe you that sounds right
3: because it wasn't they didn't give up a passing touchdown to the titans right Titans was a Tannehill rush. I'm guessing Derrick Henry. So, yes. That sounds right. And then the Colts obviously didn't score a touchdown. Yeah. Someone also, uh, let me find it real quick.
1: And then today, Rams was a Thomas Brown run, which I didn't know he was still in the league. So, that's fun. Mm -hmm.
3: Someone Someone on Twitter named John mentioned out that the Chargers have trailed for only two minutes and 30 seconds in the last four games combined. Ooh. That's a good
1: stat. Uh, yeah Malcolm Brown not Thomas Brown. Thomas Brown is their running backs coach so hmm my bad. All right getting here to the next one all right uh, Jose and Giano says you can't drop back 20 times unless you want to see Herbert carted off so not quite
3: sure what that comment is about. Maybe straight well you know what you want to protect Herbert so you can't just straight drop back twenty times. I assume you mean like straight drop backs, not like play action dropbacks, but um, Sure. yeah, I mean you have to protect him for sure. Yeah. <laughs> I know, sorry I'm just trying to scroll through I thought they were all like <laughs> next to each other whatever right. Okay.
1: we are up <laughs> good job Thanks. Uh, Daniel Vegas says where do you guys think the Chargers stand with Joe Lombardi do you think they would have to make the Super Bowl for him to be safe what do you think
2: there Alex um I don't think that there's like a target they have to make this point for him to be safe um Obviously, if the Chargers won the Super Bowl, it would probably be pretty difficult to get rid of the <laughs> offensive <laughs> coordinator. Yeah. Um, I mean, no. I don't, Vernon Staley or the coaching staff, like as a whole, looks at it as we have to make X point and then our coordinators are safe. Um, because I think if the Chargers, for example, had made the playoffs last year after beating the Raiders, um, and maybe even they win a game in the wild card round last year, and get knocked out in the divisional Darius Wynn still would have been fired you know so like at the same time yeah maybe there's a point where Joe Lombardi kind of can secure his job by high profile playoff offense but I also don't think that Brandon Staley reviews things at the end of the season
3: <sighs> where do they stand with Joe Lombardi I think they're just gonna let it all happen and that's what they're going to decide I don't think they're at a particular stance at this point. I think they're just, they're at a uh, middle, I guess. Maybe they're at a crossroads and they just need to see, you know, do we get 24 to 30, you know, 27 points a game? Like, I don't expect them to go on the road in Buffalo and put up 30. They might have to, but, you know, I'm not going to be like, oh, you know, fire Lombardi if they don't have 30 points. But, you know, above no. 21 would be great. You know, it really depends on how they're winning these games.
1: Yeah. I think the Chargers are, you know, showing that they are. Willing to let the situation play out. I think, you know, if by season's end, the the offense still has not really developed that much of a rhythm. Like if today was really kind of a, an aberration and they're not really able to, to build off of this. Apologies for the uh sirens outside of my hotel. Um <laughs> that was fun. Um, yeah, so I, I think it just depends on what the offense is able to do here and how they're able to to handle the next few weeks. If there is a next few weeks. Um, right now, the numbers for the Chargers' offense are, are very bleak in terms of like their rankings uh, in you know metrics. Really, regardless what whatever, whatever kind of metric you want to find, so um, I have a hard time believing that if the offense stays at the level that it has been over the last few weeks, that Lombardi will be sticking around. However, if the Chargers, if today is more of a building a stepping stone for the Chargers and they're able to kind of figure it out over the next few weeks and make a strong playoff push um then Lombardi probably saves his job in that instance so um you know it, it's gonna really depend on what happens down this stretch run
4: mm-hmm.
1: um kind of a, an extension yeah, here Jen, I guess I... oh sorry Alex go ahead
2: yeah no I was just gonna say in terms of that like if you're trying to figure out who could replace Lombardi or other potential names in that it's going to depend on how these, these other coaching vacancies are filled too so be something to watch whenever the regular season is till whatever time the Chargers are out of the playoffs, whether they go to the Super Bowl or they're knocked out wildcard weekend. So, um, you know, if you're looking for candidates for that or how that process will play out, you know, when the Super Bowl would be a pretty big uh, deal there. Yeah, absolutely. Um,
1: so, kind of an extension here from Jed Jacobson. It says offensive play call seems like less Lombardi staples from the last few weeks. Do you think Staley had his hands on that more this week? Um, yeah, tough to really say without watching the film. I mm-hmm. I only recall like a couple instances of stick, but I think the key thing here is that the Chargers were really able to stay ahead of the chains and be able to you know be effective on early downs. Is, you know something I talked about yesterday, but the run game was really working for them today, and I think that really was the biggest difference in the way that they approached this game is that they they finally felt like they were able to do some things effectively on the ground and that really kind of set up a a better passing attack
3: for them. Yeah, I mean, there were still toss and even got even toss plays were working today. Um, (laughs) I think the only real difference in what I've seen is the way they were using tight ends as blockers from the backfield. Um, Otherwise, it really felt like a lot of the Joe Lombardi staples. It's just not the ones we completely hate. I mean, there were still the, the quick throws to the flat. You know, Keenan was going to motion. They were going to throw it to him. It just seemed like things were working. It just felt like the timing and the execution were a lot better today. So kind of the same things that he's been calling. um, It's just the timing, the execution. And of course, like the opponent wasn't that great either. Right. Yeah. All right. Next one here from the
1: LA Chargers fan. Uh, Again, appreciate all the super chats today, guys. Uh, It's been a fun chat for sure. Um, he says, Chargers are going to make noise, playing their best football going into the playoffs. Thanks for a year of great content. Cheers to more in 2023. Appreciate their kind words there. Obviously appreciate all the support. Uh, you know, he's always in here uh, sending some super chats. So um, the Chargers are certainly be- playing their best football here. Uh, we'll see if they're able to get that five seed wrapped up next week with a win over the Broncos. But uh, mm-hmm. Tyler, what are your what are you kind of feeling right now about his uh, his point here about making some noise in the playoffs?
3: I absolutely think so. I think for me, win or lose the division, and obviously they didn't get the division. If this team can just be healthy enough to go into the playoffs, they can beat any of these AFC teams and potentially NFC teams. It's just they need to be healthy and they need to get there. They are getting healthier and they have officially have gotten there. Now it's just time to, to you know play the games. And I, I just I want the Denver game to be over because we're so close to Justin Herbert in the postseason. And there's, yeah. just, there's just something about the way he plays in high-pressure moments. Again, like with the world watching him against the Dolphins and how well he played, or against the Raiders, where maybe he didn't play great the entire game. But holy cow, that fourth quarter, I mean, they literally could not have done more than he did you know, to bring this team back. And now we're going to get that in the postseason, in these elimination-style moments. But the team that's really seemed to have found itself... Um, way it's not every phase every game but the defense is coming strong and it seems like the offense is coming together so it's i really do feel like i won't pick them to you know win every game maybe but they absolutely can win any of these games in the postseason that's a really cool feeling yeah um i still feel pretty murky about going to buffalo
2: uh that one is probably the one that if i if i had a pick, i probably wouldn't pick the chargers to win that game Um, But look, I mean, you can see them very easily potentially beating Jacksonville or Tennessee, or at least, you know, being able to match what those teams have. And then after that, you're taking a trip to Buffalo, uh, Cincinnati or Kansas City, depending on who gets the one seed. Um, They can play with Kansas City or Cincinnati, not saying they would win either of those games, but you can talk themselves and you can talk them into winning those kinds of games. They always play Kansas City very close, beat Cincinnati last year in the regular season. So um, you know, you can sort of construct a path in which the Chargers certainly, at least, can make the AFC Championship game. Um, not saying even that's what I will pick them to do, but uh, <laughs> I think that in terms of making noise—if you know, if making noise means they win one playoff game, have a chance to, do, then yeah, they can make noise in the playoffs for sure.
1: Yeah, I, I think when it comes down to the how I view the playoffs for the Chargers, I think they absolutely have the formula to really make a run. You know, you, you have an elite quarterback that can go off at any given moment like Tyler's talking about. You have the supporting cast that's healthier, that's playing really well. Um, and I think almost the second most important thing there behind, you know, Justin Herbert is, is Joey Bosa's return. Now they have a pass rush that can really heat up opposing quarterbacks, you know, cause some havoc. And, you know, maybe you get a, a couple extra possessions in a playoff game. That are really able to to make that big of a difference um you have an opportunistic secondary that can really get their their hands on some football so um will the chargers make some noise to me that's that's winning multiple games that's not just beating like jacksonville in the wild card round yeah um so we'll see if they're they're able to really make some noise but i mm-hmm. think the formula is there because you know they're playing their best football right now they are and you know, they they have the elite pass rushers they have the elite quarterback they have the elite weapons it's just a matter of you know going out there and executing, managing some potential you know uh, less than ideal weather circumstances, but the Chargers absolutely have the formula to go out and win multiple playoff games. It's just a matter of you know going out there and doing it.
3: Yeah, and part of that is Rashawn Slater. I mean, the idea—you could argue honestly, when healthy—that Slater's the best player on the team, um, and certainly at the most important position. I mean, Rashawn Slater to just. You know, pick an edge rusher and delete him for an entire game. <laughs> you don't have that luxury yeah. with most guys. Like, you can't even say, that, you know, Khalil Mack, Joey Bosa, and these guys that they can, you know, just wipe out an offensive tackle. Whereas Rashawn Slater can just, like, okay, to Chase Young, all right, cool. We'll have to hear about him the entire game. Not, they're not playing Chase Young, but, you know, that was the first game that he played. So if he comes back in the wild card game, or at least they can sneak out of that game, he gets, you know, one game under his belt, and then they go travel to a Cincinnati or Kansas City, like, I mean, that's where you can really make some noise because that just changes everything for you.
2: Yeah. yeah. Um, I think ahead, the, Alex, I was just going to say really quick, the NFL turns into a league where if you have a top 10 quarterback, then you have a chance in the playoffs. Uh, the other teams who have success in the playoffs are San Francisco with whatever quarterback they have. Um, but, <laughs> <Fair>. <laughs> but outside of that, if you have a top 10 guy at the quarterback position, then you have a chance in addition to all the edge pieces and wide receiver and everything else we talked about with the Chargers. Um, but yeah, I think they can make noise. Um, you know, assuming Herbert has the performances we know he's capable of having.
1: Yeah, absolutely agree there. All right, we'll get to the next one here from uh Curtis. Oh, I was gonna say about Rashawn Slater. We haven't really heard much about him uh recently. Apparently on the broadcast today I and mean, Alex can probably comment on this that they were saying that Rashawn is pretty close to returning. Um, Brandon Staley, there's been so much focus on Joey Bosa. We haven't really gotten anything from Brandon Staley in terms of Rashawn Slater recently. Um, Duke Manningweather did say earlier this week that he's getting stronger and stronger every day. Um, you know, so it just kind of remains up in the air. I don't think there's anything really concrete mm. out there just yet.
2: Yeah, the, the broadcast seemed to be more just be editorializing what we had heard from like Tom Pelissero and Ian and people. Yeah earlier in the season that they're months later um in the event that Chargers made it you know certain uh distance in the playoffs gotcha all right so next one here
1: from uh curtis davis he says who do you guys think is more likely to get a thousand yards next week uh mike williams needs 140 for receiving yards and then austin eckler needs 120 for rushing yards
3: is patrick Sertan playing not mike williams <laughs> yeah i've seen that i've seen yeah, this movie no, that's, that's the answer.
1: <laughs> yeah but is eckler going for 120 i mean mike williams really is only like two receptions from getting 140 yards
3: the just the two longest receptions of the year <laughs> for the chargers I'll i mean say, listen like yeah, he, he can yeah, pop yeah, off yeah. At any moment i mean and he did against the broncos in the week 17 game last year where mm-hmm. Herbert, you know set the record with williams So, I mean, it's possible. I just, I hope they're not in a scenario where Mike Williams needs 140 yards. (laughs) Wait, Braden Foggo is being drug tested?
1: (laughs) Wait, Everyone in
3: the chat saying Braden Foggo is being drug tested uh, right now. I have to go look at this. Oh my goodness. Uh, Um, But
2: Sertan, Sertan's the decider there. (laughs)
1: yep he just tweeted out all right man with the angry emoji face and there's a screenshot of a text message that says you have been selected for a drug test tomorrow morning please be at the facility between the hours of 6 a.m to 10 a.m the drug no. test also notify you." Oh. that oh, sucks because no. they're they're not they're not going in the office they're not going in the the facility tomorrow they're supposed to have victory monday tomorrow that sucks <laughs> <laughs> um. he's gonna sack russell wilson <laughs> 10 times next week man <laughs> <laughs> all right I thought, I thought there was there's another one here from uh Don Cheeto in terms of the fan mix he says he heard that it was 60 40 Chargers it it, it didn't, didn't feel like that like it. It, yeah. it felt like 90 10 Chargers like there were there was not a very noticeable uh Rams presence today um you know I I think like best case from like a Rams perspective you're talking about like 70 30.
3: Yeah, it's hard to tell when the fan base, like, there's not a whole lot to cheer for, and then they they lost 31 to 10. But there was a moment where in, like, the 500 section, I finally heard Rams fans starting to chant, and it was so weird. It was just, like, specifically in a one section, we found the Rams fans. But otherwise, like, yeah, I I would honestly say 75-25 would be a, a best case for them. I mean, I get it. Like, the Chargers had their season ticket holders, so they got to have, you know, the tickets to the game already, but... Yeah. Um, and also, you know, the Chargers are actually winning games. So I don't know. But it, it certainly wasn't a lot of Rams fans, and they certainly were loud.
2: On TV, it sounded like 70-30, maybe 20 um, something along those lines. Yeah, yeah.
1: with the Rams, there was not a big Rams
2: presence at all.
1: All right. So there was a, a super chat from a name about Trey Pipkins, as well. Um, Trey finished the game. He looked fine in, in closing the game how. down. I, I don't understand how like that man, uh, he got off the field. <laughs> fair, very fair. <laughs> uh, but Trey barely was able to get off the field and then he came out from the, from the tent and, uh, was able to go back in and, and he looked really good. So, um, you know, don't really know what, uh, what, what happened there if it was a back injury or, or re aggravation of his knee, but, um, you know, I, I think he should be fine this week.
3: Yeah. I mean, I guess if, you know, Would you like $4 million? Tyler? Yes. Yeah. You just rise from the dead. (laughs) You know, you find a way to tape it, whatever. All right. Uh, let's, uh,
1: wrap up today's show. We'll do studs and duds and then we'll, uh, head out of here. So, uh, I'll let Alex go first here. Alex, who's your, uh, stud of the day.
2: Uh, I'll give stud of the day to, uh, Cameron Dicker. Now at 95% field goal percentage for the season. Okay. Uh not wow. not his like greatest game today, but I'll give it to him. He's you know 95% on the season, 20 for 20 extra points. Uh, I believe. So you know he continues doing his
3: thing. He kicked one field goal and he's just out of the day, man. I know, man. <laughs> he could have gone with DeAndre Carter's twenty-six yards it's, on returns. <laughs>
2: Stud, well, stud of, stud of the year more so than stud of the day. We're ringing mm, in the new year, so okay, it's finishing. Okay. You know, and it's That's finishing true. an arc.
3: <laughs> yeah, you're yeah, finishing an arc. Now we'll see, man. Like the breakout can still continue next week. Maybe he's the one who breaks a yeah. thousand yards next week. You never know. Yeah. Um. Go goodness gracious, where do I start? Okay, uh, I feel like we don't give it enough to certain members of the offensive line. I don't really know who to give the game ball to. But I think overall, when you have zero sacks, I think on the day, unofficially, five pressures allowed total. When you're, you know, Austin Eckler has 122 yards on 10 carries. Joshua Kelly has nine on 45. And then they kind of just uh, gave up for Larry Rontree, I guess. But, um, <laughs> you know, like the offensive line really did dominate the game. You know, The Rams didn't exactly have all their guys. Obviously, again, no Aaron Donald, you know, and but this is a very well coached group up front. And the offensive yeah. line had their way the entire game. Pretty much, so I'll give it to the offensive line today because they deserve some love.
1: There you go, appreciate that. Always down for some love for the the hogs up front. So um, I think for me, stud of the day, I, I think it has to be either Mike Williams or Austin Eckler. Uh, so I'll, I'll lean Austin Eckler just because this was such a you know breakout performance, if you want to call it one of those. You know, this is just a, a vintage Austin Eckler. You know, over hundred and sixty yards from scrimmage, two touchdowns. Uh, fortune unfortunately for me, had to play him in uh, two fantasy championships. So uh, that was not fun uh, to look at after the game. But, you know, Austin's just been – he's – one of these performances has been brewing for him. And, I, you know, it came out in a big way today. Um, breaking tackles, making people miss, um, you know, handling his business in pass protection like he always does, being that uh, safety valve for Justin in, in several moments. So uh, I'm going to go with uh, Austin Eckler, stud of the day.
2: Yeah, um, if I have to give serious suggestions, then obviously <laughs> Mike Williams would be stud of the day. Um, but I, I will also mention uh Morgan Fox, uh, real quick, mm-hmm. just as a stud of the day, too. Um, you know, in terms of I, we entered this season talking about him and Jerry Tillery, um, yeah. competing for who would be on the pass rushing interior. Um, yeah, and Morgan Fox, obviously, you know, with the release, of Jerry Tillery has solidified that role. Um, And he's been, you know, uh, he's been balling out from a pass rushing standpoint uh, to play as good as he's playing. The Chargers have just needed a player like him uh, for a long time that they can trust uh, on those pass rushing snaps. So the fact that he is playing as good as he is is uh, is good. Yeah. And he also had a couple of really crucial run stops Um,
1: after that Cam Akers big play. He uh, essentially. Took the, I think it was the left guard, and essentially like threw him down at the feet of the running back. Like it was, it was a remarkable play. So, um you know, Morgan Fox has been great. He's been one of the best free agency pickups of any NFL team, mm-hmm. uh, and you know he's setting career highs this year in pressures, sacks, all that good stuff, and uh, really picked it up in the run defense as well. Absolutely. All right, so Dud of the Day for me. uh I mentioned them earlier. I'm going with the linebackers, Kenneth Murray and Drew Train. Yeah. Um, it's really unfortunate because, especially for Drew, I felt like he played his best game of his career last week against the Colts. Um, you know, you can make an argument that he's been a, a top five player for this team all season. Um, some moments where he got turned around with the motion, some moments he didn't cover very well. Um, obviously, didn't get to see him do much as a pass rusher. So um, Kenneth Murray, a lot of the same inconsistencies he's struggled with showed up again today. Um, unfortunately, you know, just kind of a bad game for the two of them. To not have their best today. So, um, you know, duds of the day, I think, for me have to be the two linebackers.
3: Yeah, good for me for December 31st, saying Kenneth Murray has quietly put together fine performances the second <laughs> half of the year. I believe he's gone from struggling to average, <laughs> which I know sounds rough, but it does make a difference. And I'm happy to see some progress heading into the postseason. Wow, that was a bad game, Kenneth Murray. Uh getting juked out by Baker Mayfield is definitely yeah. not what I wanted to see. After tweeting something like that, um, I'm not. I didn't say he was a great elite player, but geez, I didn't think we were gonna have it bite me in the ass that quick. Um, yeah, so again, not like the easiest. You know, makers is tough tackle. It seems, but it just Kenneth Murray, who did make some plays in the second half. I think uh, was a bit rough in, in several moments today, including one lucky hand of God moment that forced a pass breakup where the player should have walked into the end zone. I don't know who that was, but should have been a touchdown.
1: All right, uh, Todd, you want to give your dud of the
3: day? Well, I was definitely winding up with that one. Uh, so that was going okay. to It's okay. I'll my... take
1: Tranquil. You can, you can have Kenneth Murray.
3: Okay. Kenneth Murray, I apologize. Uh, I believed in you for one day. You are my dud of the day. <laughs> for one day that's <laughs>
1: about, eight, about 18 hours
3: yeah yeah i'm trying okay i'm trying to be optimistic they tell me i should be nicer all right alex
1: who's uh who's your nut of the day
2: uh nasir adderley uh he got wiped out of uh quite a few plays uh, pretty brutally and it feels yeah. like whenever mm-hmm. there was a baker mayfield completion uh nasir adderley was kind of in the area um but yeah i didn't think that this was his strongest game not by any means, like, uh, not as bad a game as Kenneth Murray. I'd have to go back and kind of rewatch to, like, both about backers and safeties just weren't communicating um, super properly, you know, this game. And that led to a lot of big run plays, led to a lot of big, uh, you know, plays for the Rams uh, just in their offense in general whenever they had them. So, yeah, I would have to go linebackers and safeties in general. And then, uh, obviously, I mm-hmm. think that you kind of narrowed that down to Nasir Adderley and Kenneth Murray in this game.
3: Yeah, I think that I think that's honestly perfect. Of all the things that went wrong today, it really did seem like it was it was those two groups.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, unfortunately, hopefully, we're uh, you know uh, a game closer to having Derwin come back and uh, play a full game, which is is desperately needed. So, all right, uh, we'll we'll wrap up our uh, post game coverage there. Uh, you know, obviously, the Chargers have an opportunity to clinch the five seed next week. With a win over the Denver Broncos. Uh, no more ifs, ands, or buts. The, the uh, lowest they can get is the sixth seed if they lose and the Ravens win next week. That's kind of the scenario for them. So, uh, Chargers win means the Chargers are the fifth seed, uh, which is uh, fantastic for uh, you, know, given where this team was a few weeks ago. All right, uh, Alex, any uh, final thoughts before we head out for this evening?
2: Uh, heading into the fifth seed uh, birthday, hope a great day. uh, And then he got to see one of his teams win this weekend, did not get to see Michigan win, very (laughs) sad. Uh, But overall, he did get to see the Chargers win, and that's really what matters. Uh, So overall, great win for the Chargers. Uh, Probably their most efficient game of the year by any metric, and it looked that way when you were watching it. Excited to watch it on film, and Having style, um, so yeah, uh, overall, just excited to you know see this team keep going.
3: Yep, very excited to see them keep going. It was nice, you know, tomorrow, not tomorrow, next week against the Broncos. They can be terrible, they cannot score in the third quarter. I mean, you'd like the fifth seed, of course, but like they're in, and the worst they can get is the sixth seed, which is nice as well. So it, it feels good. We're in a nice place. It's January 1st, next week will be January 8th when they play and hey, they're, they're, they're still playing January football, and that's nice.
1: It is nice. Uh, Chris Harry pointed out this is the Chargers' uh, second 10 or more win season <laughs> since 2010. Uh, today was <laughs> marks the first four-game win streak of Brandon Staley's career, so a couple of firsts for uh, Brandon Staley and the Chargers, and hopefully this is a sign of uh, things to come, so um, all, all mostly very positive vibes today, uh, on the show. And obviously on, on social media charges, getting a, a uh, much needed blowout victory today against the Rams, just in terms of being able to you know, relax, handle their business. And, uh, obviously being able to do that was a uh, fantastic result from the game today. So, uh, really excited about watching the film, excited to see what this team's able to do next week and going forward and a uh, lot to of build off of for sure. All right. So appreciate everybody tuning in tonight. Uh, Hopefully, you know, you guys enjoy the uh, holiday weekend. Enjoy the victory Monday. Uh, I hope that my college football team has a better result tomorrow than Arjun's team did yesterday. (laughs) Uh, If anybody in the chat is at the Rose Bowl, you'll feel free to come say hi. We're going to be tailgating and stuff like that tomorrow. So, um, yeah, that's going to do it for us today, guys. We'll let you know. Uh, We're probably going to be going live on Wednesday for our usual preview show. And then also for our uh, Saturday Q&A. So, uh, yeah, that's going to do it. We'll see you guys next time.
4: Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality.